Hello, and welcome back to the Literally Just Me podcast. I am your host, Janae, here to talk TV. We're back rewatching more Instant Star, as usual. So let me get right into it. This time we've got episode 206, The Gene Genie. This one was an episode that was definitely my favorite as a kid. And rewatching it now, I definitely still found it charming, but there are some like, uh, cracks in the nostalgia, <laughs> I feel like. So I'm going to start off with the A story. The B story is like, short and boring and god who cares, but <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that for the last little piece. So we start off the episode at a TRL-esque type of show. So we see Jude and SME performing a song, and then like the host of whatever show this is supposed to be sits down with all of them and like is asking questions. Jude reveals that like her and the band are going to be part of a a charity show. This charity takes like plain jean jackets and they get different celebrities to like design them and dress them up, which actually is a really cool idea. If no one <laughs> has ever done this in the past, I need more charities to do jean jacket designer giveaways. So the center plot that this episode revolves around is this charity show where Jude and SME are going to design their own jean jacket. So our first scene is at this TRL show. This host lady, after Jude does her spiel about the charity, the host like gets into some gossip. She's like, so Jude, what does she say? Oh, she's like, so Jude, who distresses your denim? (laughs) Which was very funny to me. I feel like that type of show not just a music show in general, but like gossipy rag type of shows feels like kind of a dying art to me. Like there's Wendy Williams and like the Breakfast Club radio show, if you're so inclined. But I don't know, like shows like TRL that like mended the two. It was just, it was a very nostalgic feeling for me. So Drew's answer to this question of who distresses her denim. Uh, oh, also the host lady says like, you and Speederman were pretty electric up there. And Jude, like, deflects that comment. She's like, whatever. And so the other bandmates, which, uh, their names are Kyle and Wally. Kyle is a drummer, and then Wally plays bass. Uh, so Kyle's like, no, Jude loves me. And then Speed is like, no, Jude loves me. And Wally's, like, staying silent. So Jude's like, I love me some Wally. <laughs> I can't get enough of Wally. <laughs> It was very cute. What happens next? Oh, so we transition to another scene. This time it's Jude and Speed, and they're just in like the rehearsal space. Jude is practicing a different song, and Speederman like comes up and like accompanies her on the bongos. <laughs> Which doesn't really fit the vibe, but the spirit's there. Uh, so they're like kind of small talking, but then he brings up how she probably misses Kat and misses Jamie. At this point in the show, Jude doesn't really have friends. (laughs) Not really, which I guess is kind of a nice bridging episode (laughs) because her and Jamie are fine now. But last episode, her and Kat like had a friendship breakup. Those are really the only people that we've met as Jude's friends. So she's kind of like 
solitary here now. So now we're filling the gap in with Speederman. So they're having this little small talk and Jude says like, I'm tired of pushing people away. And Speed in like a very cute, earnest moment is like, I have to tell you something. And it's heavily implied here that he's trying to, or about to, tell her that he has feelings for her. But then Kyle and Wally burst in with some like video of something that they want to show both of them. So Speederman is like irritated that his moment was ruined. <laughs> that his chance was ruined to like say how he feels. And I will say that like this romantic revelation between the two of them, despite how cute it appeared during the show, felt kind of like shoehorned in, if I'm being honest. And so that's where the cracks in nostalgia came in for me. Watching this in a vacuum, very cute. This is probably my favorite Jude relationship that she's in, but later on I'll get into why that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> so in a vacuum, this is all very cute. In the context of the show and the interaction that Jude and Speed have had to this point, really doesn't make that much sense. <laughs> the show writers were truly hoping you saw past the inconsistency and just focused on how cute they are. Uh, what happens next? This episode had like some manufactured drama. So the inciting incident truly of this episode is back in the beginning, the first scene where Jude says like, I love Wally. I can't get enough of Wally. Like as a joke, clearly sarcastic and very jokingly, she says this, but the paparazzi and the blogs and the gossip rags like have all picked it up. And so like they're spinning a story that Jude and Wally are actually a thing, that they're actually a couple. This clearly is frustrating, I guess, to Speed, who actually does like her. And <laughs> really, for the rest of the episode, Speed is very, he's acting very like churlish and very over it, like over the whole scenario. So we get a quick moment where like the people who are putting together this charity event say like, hey Jude, since, <laughs> hey Jude, if you know, you know, um, <laughs> Hey Jude, since you and Wally are a thing, quote unquote, how about just you and him walk the runway at this little jean jacket charity event we have? Originally, the plan was that the whole band would go up there. Again, Speed hearing this news, not happy. Finally, like the other band members are starting to see this and they're starting to pick up on his irritation because presumably they know that he likes Jude romantically. And so at one point, Wally had enough of Speed being like super standoffish and just like snapping at everyone because of his frustration. So Wally says, why can't you just tell her? And then Speed literally tackles him. <laughs> at this point, they're like at the charity event. I think it's just like a practice run. So Speed tackles Wally, they get into this big fight, da da da. And now like Jude's irritated because they're bringing their drama out for everyone to see. And really at this point, it's quite unclear how much Jude is like clued in to Speed's feelings. Like I said, it's clear to <laughs> the other band members. But actually, as I like rewatch and like take note, there's not really a lot of Jude dialogue here regarding Speederman. Also, even Tommy picks up on this <laughs> and refers to Jude as Yoko Ono. But again, I'm not sure how much she's picking up on the fact that he likes her. So Speed tackles Wally it's a big thing. At this point, everybody's mad at everyone else. Kyle and Wally don't want to talk to Speed. Jude's mad at Speed, causing friction in the band, I guess. 
So Jude and Speed have their like reconciliation at the rehearsal space. <laughs> He's just in there on roller skates, like <laughs> just skating around in circles. And she like busts in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Pretty much like, why are you acting like this? And then they have a conversation that makes me feel like they both know that they like each other, but no one's actually doing anything. <laughs> so Speed says cryptically in the scene, like, how can you be so brave and so fearless on stage, but so afraid of this? And it's unclear what the this is that he's referring to. I assume he means their romantic chemistry, but again, not super clear. <laughs> uh, there is a scene, I might as well mention it. So it's Jude and Tommy, they're at the event thing. Tommy's also making his own jean jacket for this. Jude's confiding in him about like, she doesn't say it explicitly, but is hinting at like, well, I like speed, but I don't want to break up the band. I don't want there to be this weird energy with everyone. Uh, and Tommy says, well, you should feel, you should feel some type of way about the people you work with, but I can't tell you what to do about it because I don't know myself, which he's hinting that he has romantic feelings for Jude, I guess. She doesn't say anything in response, I guess, intentionally to be like mysterious and like find out what happens next with this. So whatever. As a teenager, as a child, I was swooning. Love that scene. The mystery. Oh God. Perfect. Mwah. Loved it. As an adult, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> the back and forth stringing along that they do to like keep this flirtationship alive between them is like exhausting. So once we get to the actual charity event, like Speed runs on stage. Eventually, even though like like the PR people wanted just June Wally to go up there, June's like, forget that, like let's just have everyone come up there. So Kyle's on stage, Wally's on stage, Jude's there. And then Speed like makes this dramatic entrance where he goes on stage with the rest of them. The charity auctioning goes really well. They have some note about how she's like the highest valued jean jacket <laughs> in the history of their event. All of that goes fine. The episode ends with June Speed kissing in the rain. Super cute. Loved it. And those are the notable things to say about the A-plot. So before I jump into the B-plot that I don't care about, <laughs> um, I realized what it is about some of their romantic choices that is grating on me and wearing on me as I rewatch this as an adult. The show writers, when it comes to uh, romantic relationships with Jude that aren't Tommy related, they make it very low stakes. <laughs> what I mean by that is... Both Jamie and Speed, very cute individuals, good-looking men, but they're both presented as Jude's friends first, and then later there's this romantic element that we're going to throw in here. But also, with Speed specifically, like, as I mentioned earlier, we're at the point now where we don't see Jude having friends with anyone. <laughs> Jamie's an acquaintance. Kat's completely gone. We're not going to talk about her again. <laughs> She doesn't have any other friends to to talk to, to spend time with. And so the speed relationship is very convenient for that point. And like I said, hasn't really been touched on prior to this episode. So the relationship was very shoehorned in. Relationships are low stakes because they're just her friends who... Oh, also they're very cute. So Jude would want to kiss them. 
but also they're just like friends and the friend element isn't maybe what she needs always from the relationship like with tommy they kissed the first episode that they were (laughs) in scenes together her attraction to him was very strong and it wasn't based in a friendship so yeah i'm picking up on that as i watch this now as an adult who has had friendships that like oh this person's attractive do i want to kiss them yes because they're attractive but do i want a relationship Eh, probably not they're my friend (laughs) i think it's a very real thing that people go through being close to someone like do i want to kiss them maybe i do let's try kissing them that's nice don't want to do that always though (laughs) so i don't fault that as like something that people don't go through i just think it's a reiterated tactic for this show ah the b story so sadie's auditioning for her university's uh theater production so it's a musical of some sort uh she shows up at she major and is like practicing in like one of the empty studios i guess tommy overhears her and asks like what are you doing what's going on also she's a horrible singer that's the point they're trying to get across <laughs> is it clear how much i don't care about this so in this first scene both tommy and portia overhear her practicing so in a later scene uh portia just casually starts singing the song that sadie was singing which she calls it the latin quarter maybe that will resonate with someone didn't resonate with me i was not familiar with the song so portia starts singing the song for sadie to hear sadie is very enamored with her singing ability so she asks portia like hey will you please teach me you're so great please show me how to do this portia agrees when tommy finds out that portia is helping sadie he's not super enthused about this him and portia used to date and they were also married for a month in their scenes together tommy and portia are very friendly not like romantic friendly but they're on good terms uh but he's not happy about his current girlfriend and his ex-wife working together and he tells sadie about this and she's like i can hang out with who i want to like why are you so set on stopping me from doing this so this is the second episode in a row that they're showing strain with sadie and tommy's relationship so last episode tommy blew sadie out for dinner he got drunk with his friends instead and like had some ladies phone numbers in his pocket whatever in this episode there's some more strain for the reasons i just mentioned um the b story wraps up with so portia while this is all going on like portia's kind of putting ideas into sadie's head which i suppose is what tommy was concerned would happen so portia says things like don't just wait around for for tommy to tell you what to do like do your own thing make your own choices so sadie and portia's friendship is blooming and blossoming while sadie's relationship with tommy is disintegrating fast (laughs) yeah so really the there isn't much that's noteworthy here besides like the relationship dynamics that i just mentioned we don't really learn this episode if she gets this part in this play or not no that's a lie she says she got like the understudy to the understudy (laughs) so not that great but portia's really happy for her but tommy's like oh yay and sadie picks up on him like being fake supportive (laughs) or just like being supportive to like placate her feelings instead of genuinely being excited for her so more strain on their relationship but again who cares (laughs) oh goodness that is it for both of the plot synopses 
So it's time for the typical song and episode ratings. This episode's song was Anyone But You, and <laughs> I alluded really briefly in my last episode about like which songs in the season were like the top song, the most notable, the most recognizable of the season. So this is one I'd say was probably the most notable, if I had to take a guess. They used this song on an episode of Degrassi, not like this actual recording, but there's a scene, I think it's season six, where it's Paige who's singing it at like a karaoke bar. I think like Marco and Spinner and Jimmy are there as well. Um, but she's singing this song uh, in the Degrassi episode, which is something fun that I just remembered. I like this song a lot. It's very much an earworm. It's very catchy. It's another song where they use repetition. And I know I said in uh, episode 203 that I don't really like repetition unless it's meaningful to the theme, which the repetition here isn't super meaningful, but I still like the song despite the repetition. For me, it's an 8 out of 10. The episode rating, despite some of the like cracks in the nostalgia that I stated earlier, I really do like this episode. I think the actor that plays Speed, Tyler Kite, I think he has very good comedic timing. He's a very necessary comedic relief on the show. So while I question the validity of the show's romantic choices, I think his inclusion to the show makes it a lot stronger. This A-plot was really carrying the episode, and his performance was really carrying the (laughs) A-plot. All that to say, the episode for me is also an 8 out of 10. So with both ratings of 8 out of 10 for the song and episode, episode 206, The Gene Genie, gets an average of 8 out of 10 Canadian tuxedos. (laughs) If you know, you know. All right, everyone. That is it for this episode of the podcast. Join me next time where we undeniably will be talking more Instant Star. I'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.